Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What a dope! We have a big week. The NFL Draft is Thursday at 8 p.m. Mm. How amped are you? I am unbelievably excited. I look forward to this every single year. It's one of the, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest sports events of the year. I just love it that much. Um, and then I'll inevitably be, inevitably be disappointed by Howie Roseman. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, it's going to be like, it's going to be as disappointing as that time that I asked for a Wii for my birthday when I was younger and I didn't get it because they were sold out everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. Actually, I think I might be even more disappointed mm. because Every single draft that I remember, at least the Are ones you... in college I wasn't too drunk for, <laughs> right. uh, I can't remember how he hitting. No. I can't remember how he getting anything. As a matter of fact, is it is it possible to not hit on six straight drafts? Yes, it is. And he's done it. Oh, wow. Yeah. How he found a way. All right. Well, to celebrate Howie Roseman screwing us, uh, we have a special m- mock draft, mm. the Chip Point O. Yeah, it's my one and only one. That's uh, the only one you're getting. So if you don't like it, hey, deal with it. And that's why it's the Chip Point O. There's only one. Only one. And then he's going to make a post draft, which is what should have happened, and why Howie Roseman's an idiot after that. So. Look, really, really, really excited to do next Monday's episode as well. Yes. Cannot wait. Because it's just going to be all all negative. So Yeah. yeah. Straight up all Eagles and all, you know, I might as well just bring up the athletic article again because that thing is still haunting my mind. (sighs) Yeah, that really really hit you different, didn't it? Uh, Dude, I read the whole entire thing. Yeah. In the middle of work, I took 15 minutes to at least read through most of it, and then I took another 10 minutes to reread the things that I found like alarming uh, on my lunch break. Yeah. So there's only so much patience I have to read through a giant article on my cell phone, you know. But moving forward, uh, we're going to talk Sixers. Um, they have broken my heart recently as well. I, I know that they're struggling with some injuries, but. Uh, with Ben Simmons back and Joel Embiid back tonight, they should be fine. Uh, I, I really think that this is just a lot of load management going on. I don't know what was up with Ben, but there was no real rhyme or reason for it. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, they said it was an illness. Um, I don't really know if that's true or not. I mean, there were some rumors that it could be family-related, but I really don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. Uh, it, it could just be – it really could be anything. But I, I think that the Sixers, if this is load management, are choosing some inopportune times, and we'll get into why in the podcast. Uh, the Phillies, the Phillies are the Phillies. They're inconsistent. They're up and down. Uh, their bullpen is still garbage. Yeah, it's really nothing new with the with the Phillies. Their starters aren't consistent. It's the same uh, dance. Uh, if Zach Wheeler wins tonight, I win fifty bucks. And he has to throw five and a half strikeouts too. But 
I think he'll do that. I have a problem. He got lit up last night, or last yeah. night, last time he was out there. So he can't get lit up again. Can't. Oh God, I said it. He's gonna. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Zach. It's sorry, Phillies. Yep. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Bryce. Sorry, Reese. Um, and then finally, let's uh, let's talk Flyers real quick. Um, you know, nice nice comeback win against the Devils. However, speaking of inconsistency, can I ever be happy watching them? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that need to take place in the off season. I think that after the expansion draft, there's going to be a lot of moves. A lot. And you know what? It is what it is. We'll see. I'm done talking to Flyers for a while, though. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've they, they've left me – how do I put it? They've left me just with a, a bush of emotion. And if you have a bush, hey, you, hey, you, you got bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount code. Use code PHL at Manscaped.com. I mean, if you've just never shaved your balls, I think it would be a really good thing because it feels heavenly. Especially with the summer coming up, you definitely don't want all those hairs dangling down there. You know, it definitely makes the ball stick to the leg, so you don't want that at all. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. And Chip, can you tell me why that package rocks? Well, the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine this is the best trimmer on to help you trim up the hedges this trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscaped when you trim the hedges the tree stands taller Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add the refined cologne to your arsenal as well. With a perfect package or performance package purchase, you'll get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. And again, let's get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. It's 2021 and you still got bush. Change that with Manscaped. I got nothing left. What you say? Do the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience.
Can you hear my mom? No. Three. Two. All right. Let's get in the draft room. Go birds. And talk some birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. <clears throat> the Eagles are going to break our hearts again. I mean, we should just expect it at this point. Like, I said this last week, I think. But once, like, viewing the draft, just go into it expecting Howie to mess it up, basically. And then if he doesn't, we can be happy. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's yeah. all thanks to Howie Roseman. Yep, perfect. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fits. It fits perfectly. Yep. yep. So, that's, that's what I'm doing on Thursday. Uh, I'm still pumped for it. I always love the draft. So, it's, it'll still be a fun time, but um, just expect it at this point. I fully anticipate someone like Patrick Sertain or uh, maybe a J.C. Horn being there for us. Yeah. And the Eagles picking some random dude from Central Texas (laughs) that we've never heard of. Um, You know, like, because I'll I'll be honest with you, unless you're like an avid college football guy, you didn't know much about Jalen Rager last year. Yeah, I mean, I knew who he was. I knew where he went to school. I didn't. Um, I knew that he didn't run a great forty at the combine, um, but I knew he. I knew he played faster than that. I knew he was just he was a faster player than that. I didn't know much about him. I didn't know that. You know, I had to look up a little bit. So my anger with the pick, and you know, I guess this is a good thing too because. It's not the fact that I think Jalen Reger's a bad player. It's just, you know, one, dude, like, I, I hate to put it to you, and, you know, prove me wrong. As I say all the time, prove me wrong, but you weren't ready. And per, someone who was literally NFL ready was picked the direct pick after you. Yeah, it sucks that he was also hurt as well. Because yeah, but even in we, even in the time that he did play, he didn't make that significant an impact. Yeah, right. And it, and yeah. and obviously, you know, being drafted right in front of Justin Jefferson doesn't help either. But um, just the combination of that and being hurt, and then not looking great when he was out there, he looked okay. He had some he had some moments. He flashed a little bit. Um, but. Yeah, I mean that's always going to be, you know, if when you think of Jalen Rager, you're always going to think of that stuff. Unless you know this year he can come out and be a dynamic player. But well, and you know I hope for that. It, it, it's just when when I look at what's transgressed over the past several years at this point, this isn't just a one-off thing now. It, it's shown that our talent evaluators, however they're doing it, aren't doing a great job. Yep. Now. And I really do hate to keep going back to this article, but, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to see that this isn't just like a one department problem. This isn't just, oh, you know, the scouts are just bad. Like with the Phillies, I kind of think the scouts are just bad. But 
here it's like, no, the scouts are recommending this guy, and right. the analytics team is like, It'll be fine. It's the analytics team is like, oh no 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 no, no. you got you got to go with this guy, right? Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the scouts told them what to do. Um, like we said, if the pick wasn't Jalen Hurts last year, they were going to take Jeremy Chin, who had a fantastic year. So the scouts did their jobs fine. It was just the people at making those final decisions. See, and we're we're really going to see who these analytics people want to take this year, and that's the reason we moved down, 100%. Um, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if at three I, – I, I have a weird feeling about three with San Fran. I well, that's really where the draft feeling. begins. That's really where the draft begins because um, we know Trevor Lawrence is going one, obviously, and then we – it's pretty pretty much locked that Zach Wilson is going too, so that's really where the draft begins. And you know, there's been rumors of Mac Jones even going number three. Um, I personally think Justin Fields should go number three because I think he's um, probably the most ready out of the those three quarterbacks. I'm talking Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. I mean, you could. I mean, Mac Jones is also pro ready. Um, but, Justin, but, but his talent level isn't number three overall. Right. Matt, um, Justin Fields is pro-ready. He has a great arm. He's athletic. He's going up against the talent. Right. And All that I, stuff. He has, a better, he has a better chance of succeeding in the NFL than Mac Jones. And, you know, Mac Jones did lead, lead Alabama to a national championship. However, it was Alabama right. with a Heisman-winning wide receiver. I mean, it's – and it was cheap to say that, and we're going to go and complain about not drafting people out of the SEC – but let's be real here. He had a team. Right. Now, if you're a position player from Alabama, you still got to prove it. You know, you might have a gunner at quarterback, but if you can't get open, how are you any better than the next guy? Uh, and now I, I do want to say that I actually think, and if, after I say this, let's get into your mock draft because I don't want to screw it up too much. Mm. I think that the Niners are going to either go Trey Lance, believe it or not, or they're going to surprise, surprise, and go someone like a Kyle Pitts. Something that we don't even expect. Okay. So, well, I mean, we'll see, with, we'll see with that, where I have them going in my mock. Um, but I don't think you trade up to number three and not take a quarterback. So, I think... Unless that, Kyle uh, Pitts is that generational talent. He is, but again, I think the, the 49ers are a quarterback away from competing again. I mean, they already have George Kittle, who's arguably the best tight end in the league already. Well, Kyle Pitts is a hybrid. He's a hybrid player, but again, they're they're a quarterback away, I think, in my opinion. So, Are you going to ever say no to someone who's 250, 6'5", and can run a, what, 4'4", Again, no, but... It's not what they need. It's they, they need a quarterback. And, again, you don't give up three first-round picks to take a tight end. Do you it's give a, up three first-round picks to take uh, Mac Jones? Well, we'll see. Let's let's hear your mock. Let's get, let's get started with the Chip.0 mock draft of the century. Next year's will be the millennium, so the, get ready for okay, it. There you go, yeah, yeah. It'll get it'll get bigger every single year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I already said it. Number one and number two, Trevor Lawrence, the Jags, and Zach Wilson to the to the Jets. Uh, it's pretty much lock and stone with those two. Trevor Lawrence has already 
pretty much already knows the Jaguars playbook and, um, and Jets traded Sam Darnold. So those two are pretty much locks. And, you know, when I'm explaining these picks, I'll kind of make it quick. Cause I kind of want to get through this a little bit because we don't have all the time in the world, but it, like I said, the, the, the draft starts at three with the 49ers. And in this mock, I have them going Mac Jones. And here's why. Kyle Shanahan in the past has had Mac Jones type of quarterbacks and he's had success. He's had Kirk Cousins. He's had Matt Ryan, among others. And Kyle Shanahan himself from the reports says he likes Mac Jones. So with everything said, hold on. With the third pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Mac Jones. Officially. Yes. Well, that's that's horrible. It, yeah, it is. I think I, it, I feel bad for him. And with this mock draft, I didn't I didn't do necessarily what I would do. I'm doing what I've heard. And I mean, I'm hearing a lot about Mac Jones at number three. Kyle Shanahan likes him a lot. I think John Lynch, you know, basically was like, Who, which guy do you want? All right, let's go with this guy. But don't be surprised on draft night if they go Justin Fields or even Trey Lance. Any of those three guys could go in this spot. But the most buzz I've heard at number three is Mac Jones. So I, I put it, I put that there. Okay. So uh, m- moving forward from <clears throat> Mac Jones – and number three. Let's move on to pick number four. Yeah. So there's no the trade, Falcons there's, here, right? And there's no trades in the draft, by the way. So just don't don't expect No it. trades in your mock? No trades in my mock, no. Okay. Okay. Maybe next year I'll do trades, but I just wasn't. I was just like, ah, let's just do no trades and we'll just do it. We'll get there. Well, you know, let's, let's keep it entertaining. Yeah. And uh, try, to, try to make some fictional trades. That could be the best case scenario. I mean, it's hard to do, you know, but I mean, it's hard to predict trades. Um, Cause you just never know who's going to come up or go down or. So I just decided that there's going to be no trades. Let's just keep it the, I mean, it most likely won't be this way because there probably will be trades, but I just decided no trades and we'll do it this way. All right. So with that being said, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the fourth pick. Uh, before you make your selection, can you tell me a couple of guys that you think might go here and who you will, who you think will go? Well, in my opinion, they should take a quarterback. In my opinion, Matt Ryan is aging. Um, you did restructure his deal, but you, you still can get out of it after not, if not this year, next year at, well, after this year, I mean, so I think the, the pick should be a quarterback, but they seem still invested in, Matt Ryan. So okay. if that's the case, then I have them going Kyle Pitts. Okay, so they're going to take Kyle Pitts here. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's the best player available. Um, You know, you don't really have that type of tight end. I mean, you have, you have Hayden Hurst, but um, they can... Uh, Hayden Hurst is... They're Hayden Hurst screwed me. Many a fantasy weekends. Their new head coach, Arthur Smith, likes to run a lot of um, two tight end sets, so you can have Pitts and Harris both out there. And then with Pitts, you know, we've said he's a versatile weapon. 
you can be anywhere. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him up outside. You know, and and think about this offense. You have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts out there. You know, that's not that's nothing to scratch at. You know, that's pretty impressive. So if you're the Falcons and you stay at four, this could be this could be a trade down spot, but if you stay at four, you gotta go Kyle Pitts, because after Trevor Lawrence, he could be the best player in the draft. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I, I thought Kyle Pitts was going to go at number four as well, um, even before your mom came out. Um, the next pick is probably where I'm most interested, just to see what takes place. Because um, the, the Bengals are in a little bit of a pickle themselves. All right, so they have Jamar Chase, the guy who Joe Burrow has been throwing to since college, who had one hell of a chemistry with. But you also have to protect Joe Burrow, who has now had ACL surgery, and Panay Suel's available. So out of those two, which I'm assuming those are the two that you're between for that pick, why and who? So you're absolutely right. It's only it's literally between two guys for the Bengals, and you just named them, Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell. Now, I get the Jamar Chase thing. I understand. I really did think about it a lot. But I went with Panay Sewell. I think his upside is one of the best in this draft. He's a freakish athlete. He did, he does need some coaching up a little bit, technically. But if you're not comfortable with him right away at tackle, you can move him into guard and he can throw a ball guard. And then eventually when you when you coach him up a little bit, you can move him out to tackle. But, I mean, his upside is unbelievable. And I think you can't pass up an opportunity to take – this this good of a player for another weapon. I mean, you have weapons already. You have Tyler Boyd. You have you drafted T. Higgins last year. Um, so I think it would be me, idiotic for them to yeah, not to take me, Sewell. I, I really think Sewell is the like the lineman of the decade. If I'm going to be real with you, yeah, uh, definitely. He, he definitely could be. He, I mean, he, he honestly could be – he could end up being the best player in this draft in a couple of years. That's how high, uh, how high his upside could be. And it's, He's a monster. Yeah. So I think if you're the Bengals, I know Jamar Chase. I know it's, it's extremely tempting. But, you, I mean, Joe Burrow, you have to protect him. He can't, get, he, can't, he can't keep getting hurt like this. So I have them going. So if – the problem is, like, people see Sewell as a project, and look, there are some times where you can take on a project. In the case of the Bengals, what do they have to, like, what do they have to lose? You get right. to protect your quarterback while right. developing the potential best player out of this draft. There's nothing to lose here. The only thing that would screw them over is them taking Jamar Chase. Now, I know it's appealing to have that connection back with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but is it worth it? If Joe Burrow tears his other ACL or, God forbid, re-injures his other knee, like is, is it really worth it? You have right. to protect the asset that you gave up. You really didn't give up anything, but you sucked for a whole year for. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, Those, I think the, some Bengals fans are not going to like that, but it's the right pick. It just is. It, it is the right pick, and if they're angry at that, um, you know, actually, uh, the Bengals have had a lot to complain about themselves Ohio teams up until recently have had a lot to complain about. That's true. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, at least the Eagles won a Super Bowl in the meantime. I, I can't really say anything. <laughs> but we're but, still going to complain, so. 
Yeah, we are. And uh, moving on, <laughs> we have the number – are we on six? Six, yeah. The number six overall pick, the former Eagles pick, now with Miami. Yep. And uh, I have them go Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I mean, it's basically whatever the Bengals do, the Dolphins are going to – they're, they're, the Dolphins are basically waiting on the, on what the Bengals are going to do. So here I have them taking Sewell. Obviously, Dolphins take Chase. This is what they traded up for, tra- traded back up for. Um, they get their number one guy, um, the best receiver in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, unbelievable 2019, like you said earlier. Just an unbelievable player. Great hands, great route runner, great separate. I mean, he does pretty much everything great. Um, and you get, and the Dolphins get their number one guy for two. All right. I mean, you know, and just a question for you. Um, I know Jamar Chase is the most coveted wide receiver, but is there a chance uh, with Tua Tagovailoa uh, at the helm for the Dolphins uh, that they go with someone like a Jalen Waddle at that position? There is a chance. There is. Um, you know, I don't. I, I know it's kind of one of those controversial things, but if they got a chemistry and they did, why not? Yeah, it should be interesting. But I think if you tr- like, like the Dolphins did, they traded back up. I think it was for either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. I think they view those two guys as probably the best two weapons in this draft. Um, so I think the pick is still Jamar Chase. Okay. But I mean, again, don't be surprised if they if they do do if they do go either Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith because of that chemistry. Um, but I think Jamar Chase being the, num- the number one receiver in a lot of people's opinions, I think they go him here. I mean, I don't think anything would shock me. I think a wide receiver is definitely going. It's just a matter of which one. The likelihood is Jamar Chase going out of all of them, but you never really know. Um, Analytics do go into every single pick. It's just, in the Eagles' case, it's the only thing that goes into the pick. Right. Uh, With with other teams, it's like, hmm, they kind of mix it all together. Let the football guys do the talking. Not some guy from Harvard that's never played a game in his life. Right. Sorry, I'm angry. Uh, moving forward here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. And with the seventh pick, the Detroit Lions are up. So the Lions have sucked for a very long time, unfortunately. They've led my boy, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford to hell. Mm. Uh, traded Matt Stafford to the Rams and granted him the glory of potentially winning a Super Bowl out there. And got Jared Goff in return. So what's happening? Well, here's another team that I think should take a quarterback. I don't think Jared Goff's the answer. But, again, they seem committed to him. So if that's the case, then I have them taking Devontae Smith. Now, some people are going to be surprised that it's not Jalen Waddell here. I think Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, they're both great receivers. Devontae Really? Yeah, I, I have I have Devontae Smith. And, and – He's 165. The reason being is Devontae Smith is a terrific route runner. And he he he's kind of a better Robert Woods in a way, who Jared Goff loved throwing to in L.A. So they pretty much get an upgraded Robert Woods. Now, we know Jared Goff is not the best quarterback. You know, he's a he's a system guy. You know, he listens to whatever the quarterback does. 
Um, so Devontae Smith can be that guy who he just looks to whenever he needs it. And Devontae Smith's going to be open a lot. So if, if they're committed to Jared Goff, this is the right pick for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, some people are going to be surprised by that, but I, I don't think I really don't believe that Devonta Smith is going to go that early. I think Devonta Smith, I think he's really talented. I think he has amazing hands. I really think that if he gets separation, he'll catch anything thrown at him. But if he were to ever get wrecked uh, by an NFL player, I don't know if he'd break in half or not. And I think that's really the concern with the rest of the league. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, that was my concern. Um, but from what I heard, teams are not really worried about that. Um, he's he's gone up against SEC talent, which is the closest thing to NFL talent you're going to get. And he's he was fine. I mean, he won he won the freaking Heisman. So yeah, so, you, you got a point. But it, it is a whole different animal when yeah, it is. And that was like, like I said, that was my worry with him. The worst but, NFL team is. <laughs> Hundreds of times better than a college team. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying. Um, also, anyone who ever makes an argument that any college team, whether it's basketball or football, will be a professional team, put your head into sand for 30 minutes consecutively with with a straw so you can breathe. But just make sure you're standing there like that, okay? Got it. So yeah, I think that's the I think that's the pick for them. Uh, all right. Well, I, you know, I didn't see that one coming, I'll be honest with you. So wh- where are we at? Let, let's do a little bit of recap. We have Lawrence. We got Wilson. We got Jones. We got Pitts. We got Sewell. And we have Chase. And then we have Smith, correct? That's correct. All right. Just making sure I'm following you here because I have a feeling you got another uh, doozy behind your belt. We'll see. All right, so at eight, we have the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule, will he be taking a quarterback in this draft? Not here. Not yet. <laughs> oh. So, all right. Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. I think they're going to try and let him be the guy. And if that's the case, I have them taking Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. Carolina. Sam Darnold really never had a chance in the, with the Jets. Now he's with the Panthers, and you got to give him everything he needs to succeed. They have the weapons. They have DJ Moore. They have Robbie Anderson. You know, their offensive line is good, but with Rashawn Slater at left tackle, that pretty much shores up their offensive line because you have Taylor Moten on the franchise tag. You know, you sign some guys in the interior, and you put Rashawn Slater in the left side. There you go. There's your offensive line. Sam Darnold, here are the keys. I did bring this up before, but who was the other quarterback that was under Adam Gase and sucked, and then as soon as he left Adam Gase? Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. It could just be Adam Gase is a really bad coach and doesn't deserve to be near any NFL roster. Yeah. I don't know why it took this long for people to realize that. But he's now gone. They They have Matt Rule in Carolina. Um, so, and they have Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator, who's a great, great play caller. Um, so you, you really give Sam Darnold everything he needs to succeed and, you know, let him, let him see if he can be the guy. Okay. 
So you're going to give him a wide receiver. I gave him a tackle. You did give him a tackle. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, trying to pay attention to the list. I'm writing down what you're telling me. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, tackle out of Northwestern. Okay. And now, okay, so the Broncos at nine. They're, they they got to go quarterback, right? Yes, uh, yes, that is true. And okay. I think if this is how the board goes, they take Justin Fields. And I have them taking Justin Fields in this mock. Now, like I said earlier, Justin Fields, in my opinion, should be the third pick with the 49ers. But if it falls this way, the Broncos are getting a steal. It's a steal. It is. And Justin Fields to them, listen, man, their offensive line played pretty well last year. Their weapons, Cortland Sutton's coming back from injury. They have Jerry Judy. They drafted KJ Hamler as well. Um, you have a great tight end in Noah Fant. So, you know, they're, they're, they're another team that's pretty much a quarterback away. They made some signings on the defensive side. So I think the Broncos would be ecstatic if this was how the board fell. And in this mock, they get Justin Fields. Okay. I, I actually, if the board does fall that way, Great pick. Yeah. There's, there's, I think Elway will finally get his quarterback. Absolutely. Drew Locke has been horrendous, and I really think that this would be a huge upgrade. Um, I think with all the young wide receivers on that team as well, like you mentioned, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, uh, Sutton coming back, I, I think that that team could have an, an explosive offense in reality if everyone can stay healthy. Um, and I think with a guy like Justin Fields out there who's had the experience against the competition – and we're not talking uh, some random middle-of-nowhere college. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a really good career for a young, talented guy. I don't hope he falls that low because I think he deserves to get that third pick, but that that's just my opinion. And now we go to hell. Uh, so let's take the journey together. At yeah, 10, this one's not a surprise. Uh, I have the Cowboys going Patrick Sertan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patrick. it just makes it makes too much sense. They drafted Trayvon Diggs last year. You know, they get to reunite him with his with his old teammate. Um, it's a humongous position of need, and Sertan's probably the best corner in this draft. So, I mean, it's not much to talk about here. It's it's pretty simple, and uh, that's that's the pick for him. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Um, so just before we continue, uh, the only wide receiver out of the core that you have left is Waddle, correct? That is correct. Okay, and at number 11, the New York Giants select? Quiddy Pay. Really? Yeah, so people are going to be mad at this one. A lot of Giants fans want a receiver here. I just don't get it. I don't really get why they need a receiver. They really don't. They signed Kenny Galladay. You still have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. I like Slayton a lot. They signed John Ross to be that kind of deep threat on a one-year prove-it deal. So I really don't think you need a receiver. I think the defensive line and the offensive line are probably the two biggest needs for the Giants, in my opinion. Now, you're like, oh, the defensive line, they, they re-signed Leonard Williams. They have Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, I get that. But then who else after that? They have no one on the edge. And then offensive on the offensive line, you drafted Andrew Thomas last year at number four. He didn't do anything last year. You lose Kevin Zeitler. So... The offensive line is a big need, and so is the defensive line. I, I decided to go defense here because I think the top two are Sewell and Slater at tackle uh, on the offensive line. So I, I give them arguably the best edge rusher in this draft, and that's Quiddy Pay. 
Um, Quiddy Pay is a bigger guy. I think he's probably more of a four-three defensive end, but they run a three-four. You could, if he if he adds some like ten pounds, he could be an interior guy. But I think he can play outside linebacker as well. I think he's just that good of an athlete. He's more of a run stopper though, um, but he's still a good. He's still a decent pass rusher, and I think the Giants would love Quiddy Pay. I really do. Um, well, th- that's another thing, too. I, what we saw last year from the New York Giants was that their defense starkly improved throughout the year. Yep. At the very early at the very early beginnings of the season, we didn't see what we saw towards the end. Their defense actually worried me a little bit. They showed s- signs of a really solid team coming together, and that would only solidify what their defense is. Exactly. I, I think that they already do have a, a capable offense. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land again. And unfortunately, uh, they're heading in the right direction. They're upward trending while our Philadelphia Eagles are in a bottomless pit of sorrow and misery thanks to Howard Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was going to say. I, you know, the Giants' defense was really good last year. They were top 10 defense. So why not add to an already good unit? Yeah, they have nothing on the edge. I mean, name name one guy on the edge for the for the Giants. Lorenzo Carter, no, he stinks. O'Shane Zimenez, no, terrible. Get a guy who can come off the edge, and even and even be an interior guy if you want him to. I mean, he he's a versatile guy. You know, he's going to stop the run, and I think the Giants are going to like him. And so, pretty much what you're saying is, like with the Bengals, it might not be the fan favorite pick, but it's exactly. the right pick. But but don't be surprised if they go offensive line or as much as I hate it receiver. But don't like. But again, this is what kind of what I think. But what also I think they might do. See, with the Eagles at twelve, I frankly don't care if they go corner or receiver. They're going to get one or the other. Right. So there is no way to spite pick the Eagles for me this year. I really don't think that there is. I mean, I would be upset if the Giants take receiver because I, again, it's the same thing with the Cowboys last year. I just, I didn't think they needed it. Um, well, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, from from their, you know, from their shit eating, from their shitty eating grins, I yeah. could tell that they were up to no good. They looked like, uh, they looked like villains from a Batman comic, <laughs> rubbing their hands together and maniacally laughing. Yeah. They knew. And like, but their play showed it last year. Their defense was abysmal. Yeah. And you know, and the same thing happened with the Giants too. Their fans were mad at us for tanking a game, but no one in that division deserved to win. We all sucked. Right. <laughs> we were all poor. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that's the thing I'm worried about uh, if the Giants take a receiver, but. We'll see what happens. I, but I, I wouldn't call that a spite pick at that point. I, I think we're both in a position where it's like, eh, whatever. Now they yeah, might not see it that way. Either because... way, you're right. <laughs> I think we'll get a good we'll get a good receiver or a good quarterback. So that that wasn't the case last year because we were taking receiver no matter what. Now this year we we might take receiver or we might take corner. So um, either way, I think we're going to get one of those two positions. Um. And, but, but in this mock, I have them taken, obviously, Jalen Waddle is my boy. Um, Jalen Waddle, I freaking love Jalen Waddle. I, I love him. Um, I think he's being criminally underrated because of the ankle injury. Before the injury, man, he was he was unbelievable. I mean, he can really do anything. 
you know, he, he can line up outside. You can put him in the slot. He can kick, kick return, punt return. He can do anything. Um, he's, he's probably the best separator in this draft. Um, and, but he's still a great route runner. He has good hands. Um, people are comparing him to Henry Ruggs last year. No, he's not Henry Ruggs. He's not as fast as Henry Ruggs, but he's more technically sound than Henry Ruggs. Elaborate um, on that. So technically sound being he's a better route runner. He separates better. And he has, I would say, slightly better hands. They, they both had good hands. Um, but I think Jalen Waddell is technically better than Henry Ruggs. Because Henry Ruggs, he's like, oh, we got Henry Ruggs, purely a deep threat. That's not really the case with Jalen Waddell. I mean, he can be a deep threat if you want him to be. But he can do other things as well. Um, yeah. So I love Jalen Waddell. I, I would be, this is probably my dream scenario if we can get Jalen Waddell. But he's. He, there's a good chance he'll be gone by 12. I'm, I'm again, like I'm really scared of the Giants if he's there at 11 that they're going to take him. But uh, in this scenario, I have the Eagles taking him. So, so my personal opinion, I think that the Eagles are going to leave him on the board if he's available. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Yeah, don't, I mean, yeah, don't be surprised with that either. I. Can see the Giants taking Quiddy Pay. I like that pick that you have there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see the Cowboys, rather than Sertain, going uh, J.C. Horn. That could happen as well. Uh, you know, J.C. Horn's draft stock has been rising as the weeks have been passing. Yep. So I think we're really going to see a lot of draft night moves, and uh, we're going to get a little bit more insight as Thursday comes closer but I've been trying to keep a close eye on who's who's climbing and who's falling. The stock really hasn't moved a ton this year compared to years previous. Am, am I crazy in that, or has this been a pretty solid? Like we know these guys are going in the top fifteen. It's just a matter of where. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I there's don't no rando coming in from what right. used to be twenty five. Right. There's no there's no guys who are shooting up the board. Like J C Horn shot up a little bit because of the Caleb Farley injury. Well, injury concerns. Um, but really, other than that, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not really a guy who shot up the boards that much. Um, yeah, we pretty much know, like you said, who's going to go top 10, top 15. So uh, there Michael has Parsons to be, fall a little bit. I'm sorry, who? Michael Parsons. He has, he has, he has fallen. And uh, we'll get to him a little bit later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so. Um, but you're right. There hasn't really been that much of a like a crazy riser in this draft. Well, um, but speaking of J.C. Horn, I have him going here at 13 to the Chargers. Really? I do. Um, people are going to want to tackle here, um, but I think the talent of J.C. Horn is too good to pass up for the Chargers right here. Um, you lose Casey Hayward. Um, you, your only really top corner is Chris Harris, and he's a nickel guy. So get a guy like J.C. Horn who can be your outside guy for you. Um, plays really hard, has a really good motor, um, is a really, really good man-to-man guy, um, and just a solid, solid overall player. And if, for people who don't know, he's the son of former receiver Joe Horn. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, I would love if the Eagles got him as well if we if we weren't able to get Jalen Waddle or another receiver. Um but, uh, yeah, really, really solid, good player. And the Chargers, I, I don't think, can pass that up. 
that that's a solid pick. You can't really complain about it. Um, I, I think the Chargers have a pretty electric offense already, so there's nothing to worry about there. Mm. Um, all right. Yeah, and uh, next up is 14 with the Vikings. Um, I think this could be a trade-down spot for the Vikings. I think they have a couple holes, a couple big holes that they could attempt to fill in this draft if they were to move down and get some added value. Um, but again, there's no trade. So right here, I have them taking Jalen Phillips, uh, the, the edge out of Miami. Now the deal with Jalen Phillips is, is injury concerns because this is arguably a top 10 player in the draft without the injury concerns. Um, he's had a bunch of concussions. He had to, he had to, he, he transferred to Miami I forget from where, um, but basically his prior school forced him to retire from football because of how many concussions he had. But he went to Miami, uh, you know, they worked some things out and he was able to play. But, I mean, his talent when he's on the field, he's a top 10 player, no question. Um, I think the value, I think the Vikings get great value if he can stay healthy. Um, Yeah, but uh, they desperately need an edge rusher. Um, Outside of Daniel Hunter, they have nobody. Concussions are nothing to mess with, man. If, if he's had not. that many concussions, you know, how long is he even going to make it in the NFL before another concussion knocks him out for life? And, and I, I mean that in the like, I, I really don't I'm not trying to be dark here, but there's only so much damage your brain can take. I mean, you are going up against bulls of men like these. These men are huge. Like if, if I, I am a very large man and if I stood next to one of them, I would pale in comparison. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a risk for the Vikings, but like I said, when he's on the field, he's a top-ten player, no question. So they take a risk here, uh, but they need someone opposite of Daniel Hunter on the edge, and they take uh, arguably the best edge rusher in this draft. Okay. So. But next up is the Patriots 15. Our boy Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. Our boy Bill Belichick, and he's taking Trey Lance quarterback at a North Dakota state could have saw that one coming from a mile away. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty, pretty simple. Um, a lot of people don't think that Cam Newton's the guy they signed him to an, uh, a year deal. And Trey Lance, in my opinion, is probably not ready to play day one. So he can sit behind Cam Newton for a year or, or two years or ha- however long you want to keep Cam Newton around. And then when, tr- when Trey Lance is ready, you give him, you give him the reins. Um, I like Trey Lance a ton. I think he has all the intangibles to be a really, really, really good quarterback. Um, his potential is sky high. I think his pro day really showed that. I know he hasn't – people are going to be like, oh, he hasn't played – he played one game in 2020. He hasn't played a football – he hasn't played – other than the 2020 game, he hasn't played football since 2019. Um, but when you get a guy who doesn't throw an interception through an entire season in 2019 – I mean, he looked he looked unbelievable in 2019. So, you know, I think you take that. I mean, he's going to the right place where he's going to get coached up, and they get their quarterback for the future. All right, all right. Well, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yep. I I don't think that there's I don't think there's a chance that the Patriots don't go quarterback here. Honestly, if there's a team that I think might trade up, I think it is the Patriots. And if there yep. is a team looking at off of what you said, too, I really think the Carolina Panthers are in the best position to trade back. 
And mm-hmm. if there's a guy that Bill Belichick wants at the eighth pick, he's going to go up and get him. Whether yep. that's a receiver or a quarterback, uh, Belichick's proven throughout his whole entire tenure with New England that he knows how to draft talent. And I wouldn't put it past him to give up some picks to get what he wants. Absolutely. So it, the, the only thing that I will say is, is that person that he wants Mac Jones or is it yep. Trey Lance? If it's Trey Lance, I think he's in the clear. Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll have to see how the board falls, but, um, could be season. fields. He could trade up to eight and get fields. Yeah. I mean, really it could be anybody. Um, but in this scenario, they stay put and then they get their guy. Completely agree with you. Sorry. I'm, you know, you know how when you do a mock draft, you think about all these possible scenarios in your head. Oh yeah. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be trades, um, whether you like it or not. So we'll just see what we'll see who trades and, um, but, uh, yeah, so. Whew. My God. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, that uh, was a riveting 40 minutes. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Are we ready for the disappointment that we're going to face? I'm going to have my Wawa sandwich. I'm going <laughs> to have my soup. I'm going to be sitting there. We're going to be watching it. And then be like and with the 12th pick in the 2021 NFL draft and I'm going to end up with my face down on the floor again like I yep. usually do when something bad happens yep. and I'm going to be really angry and want to stay there for about five minutes straight it could uh, be it could be really rough or hey maybe maybe we'll be happy we'll see pleasantly surprised is what I'm hoping for yep. but Oh, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'm worried. And rightfully so. There's nothing you can tell me that says I can't be. Yep. But, Chip, fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you for mocking. Of course. Now, there is one last thing that we have to cover. Is there any questions for Howie Roseman? Howie, how you doing? This is Chip Jenner from PHL Sports Nation. How you doing today? Hey, Chip. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Now, with the draft coming up, at at 12, who are you – who do you have your eye on right now? When you say have your eye on, we really do have to look towards the future of this organization, and we definitely have to make sure that we evaluate all of our talent, um, look at the numbers, and see who we really want to go with. Uh, so there, there are there's a plethora of players that we've had our eye on, and uh, we're really gonna we're gonna pick the we're gonna pick the best guy. Right, but that doesn't answer my question. Who specifically? Uh, do you think is going to be there at 12 and who do you like? Look, there are plenty of guys. Uh, there are corners, there are wide receivers, there's linebackers. There, there's plenty of holes that this team needs to have filled. And, you know, I, I understand that uh, you are, you're really excited and uh, you're giving a lot of enthusiasm into this, just like the fans are. Uh, but, you know, we're going to fill one of those positions with a player who uh, we look at, 
we look at the analytics, we look at uh, the way that they play, we look at their spirit, and, you know, uh, we pick the right guy, and uh, we'll get there. Right, but again, can you name any names on specifically who you're, who do, who do you like? What are names? We, we don't need names. We all have a talent within us, and we'll find the right one. Okay, um... <laughs> I'm not sure that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't keep that one up. Yeah, that was that was that was. Brutal. I mean, that's that's a howie answer though. That was an all timer. <laughs> what are names? I mean, come on. That's the thing he would say though. I know, right? <laughs> Losing this player is like changing your name. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with what I asked. I mean, see, I, I, I know I don't sound anything like Howie, but I, I try to make what I say what I assume he's going to say. Yeah. And it's that absolute is, utter is, nonsense. Yeah. I mean, that is something he would say. And that's that's sad to say, but it is. Howie Roseman is the Cheshire cat. <laughs> you can never trust a single thing that he says. And he everything – he does. Everything that he – everything that he does – is going to get you screwed somehow. Yep. He is plotting ways for to, to screw you. Yeah, yeah. No, plotting several ways to screw you. And he's going to guide you right into it like he cares. And he's going to be like, oh, buddy, welcome home. And but then you're just, you're just utterly disappointed. On that note, I think it's time that we cut the Eagle section and uh, break the huddle. Go Birds. Yeah, birds. The Sixers got to get their act together, okay? I'm sick and tired of this. Yeah, dude. I mean, they're hurt. Dude, I don't care if they're hurt. hurt. You can't lose four straight. This one seed is the most important thing for the playoffs right now. If we get the two seed, we have the death matchup in the second round. If we make it. Okay, let's not be. No, no. I'm going to say it because until they prove me otherwise, we are not good enough. If everyone and their mother is going to miss a game in the playoffs, we're not going to win. We need a healthy team. We need a team that actually goes out there and plays consistent basketball because even when healthy, I haven't seen that. Losing those four games was – oh, my God, that pissed me off so much. I haven't been that angry in so long. They had to split that series with the Bucks, and they had to have at least taken one of those other two games – like the loss to the Suns was just crap basketball. They played poorly. I, I don't know what else to say. They were hurt. Who cares? A good, a great team overcomes adversity. I don't want to hear that. What? What? Yeah, but that's when they're healthy. Injuries are adversity. Well, yeah, but when four of your top players are out, then. They're not gonna win. That, that was against the Bucks, the second game. If you take if you take James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, do you think the Nets are winning any games? Exactly. <sighs> yeah, but that's not our team. And only well, one of though. only one we of the games all three of our best players were out. We had Tobias Harris out, we had out, we had Danny Grant, like everyone was hurt. Only one of those games, 
one, one of them, all of our players were out. One of them. If it, like Embiid is playing at an MVP level, I get it. But if the rest of the team around him, they have to step up too. We, we want to be a great team. We should be winning these games. Not when your best players aren't there. Other players have to step up. What happens if someone get God forbid someone gets injured in the playoffs? Oh, that's gonna, why they're not playing them now, so they're healthy during the playoffs. But we need to get the one seed to have the best odds to make it far. All right. Well, listen, man. I mean, the Nets. The Nets are resting guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I I I, I get you want the one seed. I want it too. But it. Would you rather have the one seed or be in the playoffs without Joel Embiid? Is there a way to have only one of those? Yes. And is there a way for, you know, us to make the playoffs while Joel Embiid plays majority of games? I don't know. There should be. Well, now he's back and healthy. He's playing. Okay. I mean, listen, the Sixers have the easiest schedule remaining, so they have the the easiest chance to make up those games. So we'll see. Ben Simmons is back tonight. Joel Embiid's back tonight. I think Tobias is back as well. Everyone except Danny Green is, is back tonight, and they're playing right now as we record this. So we have, I think, like 12 games left, including this one. So we'll see. They can make up the ground very easily. They can. It, it's just I don't like having the lead in the division and then going on a four-game losing streak. Yeah, well, nobody does. But when your best players are out, what are you supposed to do? Improvise, adapt, and overcome. Well, you're playing really good teams. Like, I would understand your frustration if we play, if we played the Thunder and the Bulls and, the you know, the, the Timberwolves. But, no, we played good teams with Phoenix. We played the Bucks twice, and who was the, who was the one who was the first loss? I can't remember, but it was a good team. I can't remember though. But they they lost the good teams with with our best players out. Dude, I I think you're missing the point. They need to be able. They can't go on four game losing streaks. One. Two, they need to be able to overcome an injury, right? Okay, I understand what you're saying where, oh, oh all their guys were out. All their guys were out for one game. Tobias, I, I, his knee, he's good now. He's back. But Ben was out. Tobias was out. If these really were scheduled maintenance nights and they're just, you know, saying injuries, I'd be pretty upset. I would well, be I really, really, really upset. Ben Simmons is out for five straight games. Yeah, Tobias I Harris, play, I think, played in one of those games. Seth Curry played, I think, in one of those games. 
and Simmons was out for all. Seth Curry played against the Warriors. Right. And no, okay. And another thing that bothered me about the Warriors game. Okay. I mean, Curry scored 49. What are you supposed to do? Right, right. The thing that bothers me about that, yeah, Curry scored 49. Off of the same pick and roll the entire game. The same one. Well, Sixers have always been bad at pick and roll defense. You know that. Yeah, I know that. But it was like they didn't even change it. It was the same play. And he would pick, roll, and drill a three right in their faces the entire game. Yeah, it was bad. I don't I don't disagree with that. That game was the one that made me the most irate out of all of them. Well, it doesn't help that Curry was unconscious from three that game either. Like, yeah, they uh, did the same thing, but he was just hitting his shots. Yeah, but Steph Curry, Steph Curry, you should know that uh, maybe we should probably guard the guy who can shoot threes with his eyes closed backwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, they didn't play well. What, uh, That's not a championship caliber team, though. One that can't adapt? Come on. Dude, do you realize that without... I am just being a harsh ass. I understand that. But if I'm going to say, like, the other teams in the league don't scare me a little bit, I'd be lying. Okay, question for you. Okay. Do you think the Lakers are a championship team? With or without LeBron? With LeBron. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. Solely because of LeBron. Okay. So when they're without LeBron, they're not, correct? Barely not. Uh, okay. When when they're without LeBron and AD, then what? Absolutely not. Right. So when the Sixers are without Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, they were without all three of those players that you just named for one night. And I'm not saying okay, win the champ. No, no. I'm not saying win the championship. I'm saying win regular season games that matter. Do you realize that the Lakers are the sixth seed in the West right now? I do. Because they were without LeBron and AD. Correct. They lost games. Right. That's my point. They have a big two. We have four solid players. On our starting, on our starting lineup, and if you know, who's the fourth? Tell me who the fourth is. Okay, we have three solid <laughs> players in our starting lineup. <laughs> but I, I think, right, we have a big three, and we were at, we were without two of those guys for three games. But if Embiid's the MVP, we should be winning still. He's the MVP when Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are there. He should be the MVP without him. Because that's what most valuable player means. No, the most valuable player means we suck without him, and we do. We suck without anyone. (laughs) Yeah. So we can't overcome one injury? That's what you're telling me? Dude. We weren't, we, it wasn't one injury. It was like four or five. Listen, listen to me good. There is nothing you can tell me 
that will make me understand why you think losing four consecutive games in the hunt for the one seed with limited games left is okay. Dude, it's not okay. I never said it was okay. That's where my qualm is. I never said it was like, of course I'm mad that they lost four games. Of course I'm mad that they're not the oh, one seed right okay, now. Okay, okay, okay. Now, see, I thought you weren't angry, which... No, that... of course I am. Of course I want them the one seed. That's the best that gives them the best chance to win the title. Dude, they're, they... they're, they're almost on... They almost are on... on they, they, they almost don't lose at home when, when they have their full squad. And if you have home court advantage in a series with the Nets, whether that be the, well, it's going to be the, if, if we were to face the Nets, it would be the Eastern Conference Finals. So let's say we make the Eastern Conference Finals and we play the Nets. No, no question I want the home, uh, home court. No question. Because they're almost unstoppable when they're at home. And plus, plus with fans there, are you kidding me? Oh, that'd be hot. Of course. Of course. I want them to have the one seed. But, you know, don't be don't be saying they're not a championship team without these top guys. Yeah, they're not. The reason they're a championship team is because they have these guys. Okay. A championship team has a lot of constructs, right? There's a lot of things that go into it. If you're missing it, okay, so let's say Tobias Harris goes out with an injury in the second round of the playoffs. We're just going to lose then. No hope. Yeah, it's gone. Probably. Yep, it's all gone. With an MVP on our team, with someone who has the potential to be an MVP, you know, someone who's supposed to be one of the best point guards in the league, we're just going to, you know, give up and lose all hope, right? And you said probably, yeah, I heard you. Probably. That's dumb. Why? Because a championship caliber team should be able to overcome an injury. I know it's difficult. I know it's not the easiest thing that's said and done. But that's what should happen. And I'm not saying it's not going to be close and it's not going to be hard fought. But to give up all hope because one person goes down, that's why I found it hard to believe that all four of those games were lost. And so a couple late. of them – so well, the, the so, one – no, and you saw what happened when all of them were out. We got shellocked by the Bucks. Yeah. That makes sense. But – Dude, if Ben Simmons misses multiple games in the playoffs, I know we saw that last year with the Celtics, but the Sixers last year were just a complete different team. They were horrible. They didn't so play. Me, so you're telling me if the Lakers, if LeBron goes down in the second round, then are they still a championship team? Depends on how AD plays, honestly. Okay. Really does. It really that's, does. That's the same thing. Right, but we have multiple players. We have a better overall team. Our team overall is better. I think our you're bench, missing that our, point. Our, our bench, bench is better. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Then the Lakers? No, stop it. Now you're just making up excuses. Stop that. I'm not making up any excuses. Our bench is not better than the Lakers. Stop. If Shake Milton scored 15 points a night, then, yeah, you'd have a case. But okay. You know, I'm still thinking of prime season shake where he was murdering it. Now he sucks. He's, but... he's struggling right now. He's struggling right now. <sighs> if we get prime season shake, then yeah, that's fine. But we don't know what we're going to get. 
if we get right now FERC on Korkmaz, yeah, I understand, but we don't know what we're going to get. If we can get Dwight Howard who gets 10 rebounds a game, then that's fine, but we don't know what we're going to get. But, but you can't judge based off of what ifs. I have what I have well, in that's front That's what you're doing. You're saying, what if Tobias Harris gets hurt? The reason they're the reason they're letting them sit when they're when when they're even as a little issue is so oh. they're ready for the playoffs. But I, that is the softest thing I've ever seen. Okay, well then you, you don't like it, so everyone does it. So you just you don't, you don't like the NBA at all then. No, I, mean, I like the NBA. Everyone does it. I'm Every, watching it's not now, just the Sixers. The Lakers do it. The Nets do it. The Bucks do it. The Celtics do it. The Clippers do it. The, 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 the Jazz do it. Everyone does it. If there's a little minor issue, they're not going to play that game because they want them to be 100% for the playoffs. That's what matters. Now, and I, and I get you don't like load management. I get it. I'm not a huge fan either. But even if there's a, the smallest issue during the regular season, they're not playing that game. See, see, my problem with load management isn't the fact that it happens. Like, I, I get it. After, like, quite a few games, you know, okay, okay, you could take a seat for this one. But it just seems like it's so often. It's like every other game. Yeah, well, you because you pay attention to the Sixers. You don't pay attention to every other team. You think it's so often because, yeah, it happens frequently. But it happens the same amount to every other team. You just don't pay attention. I know it happens to every other team, too. I've, I've seen the Nets all year long. Half of them don't play. Kyrie, KD, and Harden have played right. like eight games together. Right. I just don't like the premise. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the Sixers should like. be trying their absolute best to have the best position in the playoffs. And right now, it's, it seems like they're handing it over to the Nets. Dude, again, they they were hurt. There's nothing hurt or load managing. No, they were hurt. Tobias had a knee issue. I don't know what the Simmons problem was. I'll be fair on that. But Embiid again, Embiid. There was an issue. Embiid. That was that was very easily, predictably a load management night. They just didn't want to say it because that has happened before. Yeah. Well, even if you win that game, okay. Listen, do you think without Simmons and uh, well, Harris played in the last game? No, he didn't. No, if you if it's without, without Simmons and Embiid, no, they don't win. But exactly. with Embiid and with Harris, yes, right. they should. No, but listen, listen. Tobias Harris and then and Simmons in the Bucks game, the last Bucks game, we're out no matter what. If you play Embiid, they still lose that game. So why play him? Because okay, the one thing too, Sixers fans want to call Joel Embiid the MVP. I love JoJo. I love watching him play. I think he brings an excitement to the game like I've never seen before, and I love it. You know, if there's a mayor of Philadelphia, it's him. But if you want to call yourself the MVP, you have to will your team to a win. Have you seen that? Almost. Almost I did. Almost. I almost saw him bring the team to overtime against the Suns, and that would have been the shot of the century had I seen it go through. Dude, you can't, you can't, you can't blame him for that shot, man. I'm not blaming him for that shot. If you think I'm blaming him for that shot, you weren't listening to anything that I said. 
Well, you're saying you're saying no, you're, I'm saying that a, an MVP wills his team to win, goes out there and literally busts his ass to win and win and win and win. Breathes, sleeps, eats W's. That's it. An MVP, no matter what the situation that you keep going over with, oh, they were out, they were hurt, they were out, they were hurt, doesn't make any sense. An MVP should have won one to two of those games out of the four. And I rest my case. I don't agree with that. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, You can't change my mind. Yeah, like, MVPs will their team to win, but when they have their team. Uh, there, there's no arguing with you. So, with you, I, so I, let's, know, let's I am say, not engaging any further. Let's say, let's say, nope, nope. for the Nuggets, nope. right, because Jokic is, the, is, an, is, the, is in the MVP race, right? Let's say, let's say they're nope. without Jamal Murray, which they are. Nope. They're without Jamal Murray. Nope. They're without their, let's say they're without three of their next top guys, Right. The Nuggets aren't winning anything. Let's say, who else? Let's say, uh, let's say Durant is playing for the Nets. They I'm not engaged in this chat. This doesn't part. make any sense, dude. Do you are literally, literally arguing with me over nothing here. You know, I'm trying to say that we should be better. We should be better. We should be winning these games. And you're trying to tell me, oh, no, well, you know, that load management's cool. And, you know, injuries are, they happen. Yeah, but we should still find a way to win. That's what a championship caliber team does. The fact that you don't think a championship caliber team won't find a way to win in a dire situation. That, what, what are you talking about? Are you high? What, what are you talking? What are you talking about? You're not a, a championship caliber team with your best player. Caliber player should find you're, a way to win. You're, you're not a championship team without your best players. Joel Embiid. If he wants to call himself the best player in the league, right? And if we think that he is, should be able to win a couple of those games. If Joel Embiid, and he is a fighter, and he goes out there and he does give it his all, yeah, I get it. But he should be able to will a team to a win. We needed to win one of those games. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I've been trying to say the whole time. And if he's not able to do that, that's not championship caliber. We have to be better. All right. God. Moving on. Phillies. They still stink. Yeah, they're not good. They are not good whatsoever. I don't I don't know what their deal is right now. The, my problem is what's up with the inconsistencies with the starting rotation? You, you know, sometimes they can go out there. You look at Zach Wheeler from what? two starts ago, throws a gem against a really good Braves team and then gets lit up. Now he's going again tonight, but what is the main issue here? I don't know. I I mean, Noel's been fine. I don't know what Wheeler was last time. I really don't. Uh, he, he, he not look good. Um, I thought Eflin, I, I think Eflin's doing fine as well. Um, but it's clear we need, we need another starter. 
whether that be Spencer Howard or whether that be a trade of sorts. I, I don't know. Um, but Matt Moore and Chase Anderson have not looked good at all. Like, there's not a single start that either of those guys looked good. Uh, the bullpen has has played worse as of late. They started off the season really well, but um, last couple games they haven't been playing well. And basically, other than Bryce Harper, the lineup hasn't done much either. Yeah, Bryce Harper's been actually hitting for good power lately. And he's been great. Bryce Harper's been phenomenal. But where is everyone else? Right. Are they dead? Andrew McCutcheon cannot hit anymore. Uh, Gene Segura's hurt. Uh, I actually like this kid, Matone, or however you say it, Nick Matone, who subbed in for him at second. He's he's actually hit the ball well. Um, Alec Boehm hasn't been great. I mean, he's still good with runners on, but when he's when he's when there's nobody on, he's not that really that good. Um, Reese has been okay. He had a couple homers a couple games ago. Uh, JT's been just okay. Other than Harper, I mean, there's really nobody who's just been phenomenal. And that's that's a problem. And, I mean, with the center field situation, they're bringing up Odubel Herrera now. Yeah, they're bringing up Odubel. Because, they, you know, they, they've done – they had Hazley, who I think got hurt. I, I don't know what happened to him. They, they tried the Quinn thing. Quinn can't hit for his life. And then Mickey Moniak, they tried him at in center field. He can't hit either. So – yeah, I mean they're they're forced to bring up Odubel, and we'll see how he does tonight. But yeah, I mean if he can't perform, then yeah, we absolutely need a center fielder. And a case can be made we need a left fielder because McCutcheon can't hit anymore either. So now, do you anticipate Dombrowski actually making solid moves for outfielders? Yeah, I mean I think he he knows when there's an issue, and you have to realize the issue right now is center field. That's the biggest one. Because they, it's been brutal. There was a span where they did, they went 13 games without a hit in center field. I, I, that can't happen. And I know it's the eighth spot, but come on. So yeah, I mean he, he'll he'll see the issue and he'll address it. I hope. Um, but we'll see what he does. I mean, if it, for now he'll he'll probably go with Odubel for a couple games, see how he does, and then if he can't perform. We're just probably going to experiment until the deadline and probably make a move there. Pray to God that something works out. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. He's going to, he's going to experiment with guys in the center, see if they work out. They do. He'll keep them there. If not, see you later. We'll, and then we'll, we'll hopefully find a trade partner. So not even a hot take here, but just a question. I saw this posed online. Are you impressed with Joe Girardi's first two years in Philly? Um, am I impressed? No. But, Are you at the point where he has a leash? Um, I, You can't really blame him for last year because his bullpen was horrendous and was literally the worst in the MLB. But the offense was good last year. So... I really can't blame him for last year. Um, so, no, there's not a leash now for me. If the offense continues to play poorly, then, 
Yeah, but I think they will turn it around eventually. Except for McCutcheon, I really, I really think he's washed, dude. I really think he's done. I think he has to hang up the cleats, man. He's pushing it too long. It's a shame. I love Kutch. We talked about it last podcast. He's just one of those notable players, especially when he was on Pittsburgh, that would just be on baseball tonight all the time. And it's just sad seeing the end of a great career, but it's over, man. Yeah, yeah, I think he's washed. Um, But I think, you know, you know, Gene Segura is going to come back, hopefully, from the injury, and he'll be back in the lineup. Uh, Didi, he's been fine too, actually. So, I mean, the middle, the middle of the of the lineup has been okay. They're just not scoring runs. So, hopefully, they can turn things around with the lineup, and uh, the bullpen can start being better. I think they should too. Um, and then, I think Wheeler will be better. Uh, but we, we really do need a fourth and fifth starter because I, I really don't think Matt Moore or Chase Anderson are, are the are the answers. Well, you, you know, I keep thinking like uh, Spencer Howard came up and got sent right back down. Is he ever going to be MLB ready at this point? I, I mean, I, someone... I think you just got to keep him up. I think you, you, you put him in the rotation for somebody because, I mean, I think he had I don't know what out, he had a good outing one time. Um but it was only for inning, so it's not really much of a sample size. But I think you just got to keep him up. You know, don't keep sending him up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, you know, just keep him up. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? You know, if you're losing games, just just keep him up. Who cares? And give give him a spot start here and there. You know, give give, give Anderson a, a day off or or a, a like give Howard a turn in the rotation. Like, who cares? Just do it. See if he's got it. He wasn't great last year, but, you know, maybe he made some adjustments and he, he'll be good. Who knows? But I think you got to keep him up um, and stop giving Velasquez the spot starts, man. Velasquez is terrible. I don't know why he's even on this team. He, he's terrible. Well, didn't you notice uh, the one game Girardi put him in, put him in for 1.1 innings? Well, he had a spot start. He got shelled. He was brutal. <laughs> If he, if he pitched for just one inning, that's it. Right. That's that's literally all you can use him for. Because if yep. he pitches more than that, he gets he gets absolutely rocked. Yep. I don't know what it is, but that that's just how it is. I completely agree with that. He can't he can't be consistent at all. There is nothing at all that infuriates me more. Then Vinny Velasquez or Hector Neris. Yeah, I know you hate Hector Neris. I mean, he blew one save. I mean, I'm not going to get mad over him for that. But Wasn't it two? No, I blew one. He was blew one just a loss, not a blown save? Yeah, it was a – It was a. Um, some other guy blew the save, and then he gave up the final run. So it wasn't technically a blown save, but it was a loss. So, all right, there's two addings. Fine, I'll, I'll give you that. There's two addings where he wasn't good, but he's been good other than that. Well, no, per the rules, it's only one. But the All run right, does well, count towards the He had two bad right. outings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He had two bad outings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the bullpen will bounce back. And, yeah, give Howard a shot. Who cares? What, what do you have to lose? Just give him a shot. He's young. You know, he's he's actually one of the guys that you developed. Well, now let's see if you developed him well. Most likely not, but we'll see. <laughs> And uh, just give him a shot. Who cares? 
Yeah, they're not going to. They're probably not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're and, not and going like to. Each other, there's, nothing, there's, nothing infuriates, there's nothing infuriates me more is when they continue to give guys who suck chances, like Vince Velasquez. And Andrew Knapp. I hate Andrew Knapp. I can't tell you why. I just do, okay? <laughs> you hate Andrew Knapp just as much as I hate Hector Neris. Yeah, it's like you hate Hector Neris for, for whatever reason. I hate Andrew Knapp. You've hated him for a while, actually. Yeah, I, I got to give you credit. Not good. Like he gets a few hits here and there, but he got one lucky one lucky walk off hit this year. But other than that, I hate him. That is probably the most consistent grudge I've seen you keep. Yep, I hate just him. Just you I can't and tell you why. I just I don't. I hate him. So, I mean, listen, he was here when Cameron Rupp was here, and he backed up him. And why is he still here? He's like 30 years old. He's a backup. He stinks. There's there's so many better backup catchers you could have than Andrew frickin' Knapp. I'd rather take a nap than watch him. <laughs> I, he, I don't know. He, he goes on these weird streaks where he actually hits, but then he's horrible for, what, right. six consecutive months? Oh, he's, yeah. So I don't even know how to feel about Andrew Knapp, but I'll, I will take your advice and hate him okay. just just for your benefit. Thank you. Hope that helps. Um, and finally, we don't talk flyers anymore. No, but we can't. It's too depressing. It really is. Like they get a win here and there, but they're they're, they're terrible. I don't know. <laughs> See, I hate not talking to flyers, but it's just. I mean, out of all the teams. What's to say? We're bad. We're not good. How do you go from making it a step away from the cup final to where we're at now is the thing. You know, it only happens to Philadelphia. And you know I'm right. My God, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Being a one seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs to this. And on that depressing note, I think we've reached our destination for the day. (laughs) I'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Anchor there. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now on iHeartRadio. We're wherever podcasts are available, and if we're not where you listen, shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com so that we can get on there. Uh, You can shoot us over questions. Um, You can talk to us about any topics. We'd be happy to talk about them on the podcast. Uh, You can follow us also at the PHL Bandwagon on Twitter, at the PHL Bandwagon on Facebook. You can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. Uh, Keep an eye out. The Bandwagon Twitter page puts out polls weekly. Um, mostly, most likely this one will be about the draft. So please do keep an eye out. We do love it when you guys engage us and talk. So share our stuff, you know, and if you uh, don't like us, our DMS are open. So feel free to do so. Just, uh, you know, go out there and, uh, tell us how much you hate us, how much you wish we didn't talk or love us. Yeah. Or that you love us. That, that works too. Good, good positivity chip. I always think negatively because of Howie Roseman. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, look forward to next week where we'll probably be really depressed because, you know, of Howie Roseman. Yeah, you know. Is uh can can I sue Howie Roseman for being miserable? No. Oh. It's not how it works, sorry. 
You can go on Twitter, though, and just absolutely crap on them, but that's probably the best you can do. Yeah, but I can only get so much rage out doing that. Why don't I just play MLB The Show for, like, eight consecutive hours and struggle? Yeah, that'll, let, that'll let some anger out, play some Roto Show, yeah. Or will that make me even more angry because I'm still in double-A after a year and a half, hitting 340? Yeah, maybe you shouldn't play MLB. Yep. Yep. Maybe I should just go to bed. But I think you know what the actual answer that I'm going to do is. Yeah, we're going to play some MLB, probably. We're going to play right at the show. All right, we'll see you guys at the next stop. Go Birds. Go Birds.